Welcome back, everyone. Jennifer here again, back with podcast number three out of a series of five on avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, also known as ARFID. Previously, I've spoken about what exactly ARFID is and everything basically in between. I wanted to refresh, though, by saying that ARFID is an eating disorder. It is characterized by the constant refusal to eat certain foods due to a negative response. Certain food colors, textures, smells, or consequences that could arise from eating these foods are all reasons why certain individuals develop ARFID. I wanted to note and reiterate from before that obsessing over body weight and shape is not a characteristic of this disorder, unlike similar eating disorders like that of anorexia or bulimia. Rather, this disorder is characterized by the simple disinterest and avoidance of food. Now, for today specifically, I wanted to focus on a specific topic of ARFID. Just something random, I guess, to consider about ARFID. That being why adults with ARFID are just as valid as children with ARFID. I wanted to focus on this today because I feel like with this specific disorder, it is fairly focused on and more well known for it being an issue with children and not as much as with adults. I want to point out though that it definitely is most common in children of preschool age, but I think it's still important to talk about the effects it has on adults that suffer this disorder. I wanted to talk about a specific blog post that I recently came across by, and it's by the Center for Discovery Eating Disorder Treatment. And I think it did a great job on explaining why ARFID is becoming more common in adults. To summarize it and provide some of the most important details from it, it basically explains how the up-and-coming diet trends, like that of being vegan, those gluten-free diets, and alternative fasting, are more and more increasing and being common and therefore increasing the possibility of more adults developing ARFID. These specific food trends commonly eliminate certain food groups like those from the carbs, like pastas, breads, from an individual's diet, therefore increasing the probability of them becoming less and less interested in those food groups. This can be considered picky eating due to weight restriction or dieting, and it can most definitely lead to something serious, like ARFID in adults that practice these diets. So to give my personal input on that, I think that as adults, in comparison to children, there is a certain pressure at times to be at a certain weight or look a certain way due to what society says looks good at the time. And this may be more true for adults than children, as children of preschool age probably don't quite get that societal issue yet. And the reason why I believe adults with ARFID are just as valid as children with ARFID is because certain pressures these certain pressures that can lead to ARFID can also lead to depression and hypersensitivity about body weight and image. For adults, this could possibly turn into anorexia nervosa or bulimia, leading it to be an even bigger problem in a bigger picture. As adults, we may often deal with other pressures like paying bills, taking care of kids or taking care of your parents, focusing on schoolwork or having complications at work. 
and as well as every other thing that adults have to push through. And I feel like having to worry about body weight and image should not be as big of a problem as it is today. I think there needs to be a lot of love delivered to others as well as understanding and care. We don't all fit into one definition of perfect and I don't think anybody should. Now, it's important to note that RFID in adults isn't just due to popular diet trends. Many adults that suffer from it have it due to simply not enjoying certain food textures, colors, or smells. Also, simply because they are disinterested in food in general, just like how it occurs in children. Now, I do want to talk about treatment. The blog post that I was talking about earlier also did a great job on discussing treatment for RFID in adults. It talks about how, firstly, Adults should focus on setting specific goals for themselves, so they're not so overwhelmed with getting better all at once. An example could be being able to eat a larger food range, also finding comfort in eating in public. As for specific treatments, different therapies can help with exposure to foods, anxiety, and the thought processes that surround ARFID. A more common therapy is food exposure. It helps lessen the anxiety around certain foods. Mental visualization, writing and talking about those feared foods, and addressing the reasoning behind the fear are all strategies implemented within this therapy. Through food exposure, the individual can learn to positively cope with overcoming those specific fears. Other common therapies for RFID in adults are that of cognitive behavioral therapy, known as CBT, and dialectal behavior therapy, known as DBT. These common therapies are mostly used to treat eating disorders in general. These specific therapies provide the tools and mechanisms for individuals to help them listen to their body instead of the anxiety-ridden thoughts. Group therapy can also help individuals with ARFID by having group meals to work on sensory issues through a supportive group setting. Having a group go out to eat in public or get groceries together can be effective as the individuals gain confidence and support from others that are in similar shoes as them. I personally think that treatment is most effective when it's characterized uniquely for the individual. While group therapy can be great for one individual, it could be a complete mess for another. I think the individual should also be ready to attack those anxiety-filled thoughts and should understand that getting treatment probably won't be an easy task and getting prepared mentally should be practiced. All in all, I think that support is most necessary. Not only for ARFID, but any disorder that requires treatment in general is scary and difficult and some sort of support system should be implemented for the individuals suffering from their disorder. ARFID is not just a childhood disorder. It occurs in adults and it is just as difficult for them as it is for children. For adults, reality is very real and not so much for children. Not being able to have dinner with colleagues, avoiding hangouts with friends, and dreading grocery shopping are some personal disadvantages that adults with ARFID can suffer. More seriously, malnutrition and unhealthy and excessive weight loss can lead to the need for two feeds or psychosocial impairments. To conclude this session, 
I want to say that if you're someone with ARFID listening to this podcast, you're understood and you're not alone. Treatment is out there and available, but more importantly, so is love. If you're someone that knows someone with ARFID, hear them out and know that it's not just picky eating. It's serious and real and they're valid. Thank you everyone for tuning in today and learning a little more about ARFID and its effects on adults and not just the effects of it on children. I hope we've acquired a bit more knowledge on the subject and can understand that adults with ARFID are just as valid as children with ARFID. See you all on the next one.